Welcome back to Reality Check Chat. We're delighted to be here. I'm Barbara Scott. And I'm Judy Herschel. And I'm Liz Kearney. And we're brought to you by the Independent Democratic Women of Susquehanna County. And today we're going to talk about voter suppression. Voter suppression. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it's a topic that is much in the news these days as nine states, I think, nine state legislatures so far are proposing atrocious voter suppression they don't call them that they call it voter security mm-hmm. or something like that bills in their state legislatures and it's of course texas is much in the news because the democrats marched out at the last minute but i'm sure that they'll have a special session like they did on the abortion law a few years ago and mm-hmm. and passed their suppression laws and, and barbara i think um since you saw that number of nine states I, it, that number has gone up since the last time we looked it, it goes up every time i check a different story Wow. Last I saw it was 43 states had some sort of voter suppression laws in the, in the pipeline. 43? More than, more than 250 new laws. And that was, you know, a week ago that I was doing research. I think it's more than that now. And more than 250 new laws proposed in states across America. Yeah. For things like, I've read five-figure fines, you know, so like $10,000 fine for poll workers who make a mistake or do something that is against these new laws. It's so frustrating how the Republican Party uses fear-mongering for absolutely everything. Now, the basic premise for their angle right now is to prevent major election fraud because God knows there's a ton of it. (laughs) There are such... Uh, there's such a low number of fraudulent things that happen during elections. It, it really is unfounded. I would love to see the, the national party really give those numbers out and really, really hone in on that to educate people. Because I honestly think a lot of people think the election is all a fraud, that that it's just rampant with cheating and stuffing it, it's stuffing these boxes. And they've not found any evidence of this. But yet, for some reason, they know how to tap into people's fears. And people are so fearful that the election isn't fair because of that. So, you know, that that falls on our lap as a party is I don't think we're giving enough information as to what those real numbers are and encountering that, because that's the general thought of, of many Republicans in our community is that, well, that these that these allegations are true and, and it's only worsening. They think it's true because they think Democrats are doing it. Yes. Why do Democrats have to say, no, we're not doing it? Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's, that's true. Why should we have to? Because we're not. But but something, something, because it is, it's rampant. And I don't see any counteractive measures being taken by the Democratic Party. And, you know, in an ideal world. Judy, the hmm. Republicans are not going to believe the Democratic Party when the Democratic Party says there's no fraud. Mm-hmm. We, they, do, they don't believe them. If there's statistics, maybe. Do you think that their thought is, well, they're not going to believe us, so we're not going to we're not going to say anything, you think? And is that the right approach? You know, like the, the Republican secretaries of state across the country verified, you know, they certified elections. Even the Republican, you know, election leaders are saying there was no fraud. And why aren't Republicans listening to those Republicans? Right. right. Well, the few cases that were, were Republicans trying to stuff the ballot for, for Trump. The three or four cases we heard of were all Republican 
cases. Right. And they, these these Republicans, like the Raffensperger and the secretaries of state that are Republican that certified their the elections for Biden, mm -hmm. they have been discredited. Mm -hmm. You know, so I don't know mm -hmm. how you fight back on that. I mean, it's insane. I, I don't. I think we have to, but but it is so frustrating. You know, if you take each of the issues, Barb and Liz, that they are honing in on. Let's take voter IDs. Okay. People in our community don't understand how could a, an adult in this country not have a driver's license? And if they don't get a driver's license, well, they could easily just go get an ID. They know, the Republican Party knows, that overwhelmingly minority urban you know, Democrats are ones that are most likely overwhelmingly not to have a state ID. You know, that's cultural in some ways. You know, we could very easily try to figure out why that is, but that's not our job. It's not our my business to know why someone's not getting an ID. So, so really, to, in order to vote, you're going to need to pay for an ID. And 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 there's that there's that disconnect with well, why don't you have a D ID? An ID doesn't make any sense. But in urban areas, it makes sense not to have an ID. There's whole there's, you know thousands of people that don't have an ID. So. The Republicans know that, but they shift it around and make it make it look like there's all of these people that are coming in with either a fake ID or pretending to be somebody else. You cannot find any cases out there overwhelmingly where that's been done. A lot of states already have that. These mm -hmm. rules are mm -hmm. added. Exactly. And that's another point. Th these, those other states have not had an issue. There are states that all adults, what is it, North Dakota or South Dakota, one of them, you can just go in as an adult and just vote. And they've been doing it for forever. There's not been any problems. So it's not like there's any overwhelming um, ballot stuffing in these boxes. That's another one they're going after are these these voting these voting um, boxes that you can put your your ballot in. There have not been any overwhelming cases of people, you know, being caught stuffing the, these boxes with ballots. But yet they say, if we have these boxes, we're going to there, there haven't been any cases. So they're basing it on absolutely nothing. I guess that's my point is, is there the, 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 the lies are so grand. They have nothing to go back on. Why isn't somebody coming forward and saying, show me? Show me where, show me the number, show me where who's been prosecuted, show me what's it's not happening. So I'd well, like to think realistic people would look at that information, but the blatant lies are frustrating. <laughs> well, the right. thing is that uh, what I was saying about the voter ID laws, for example, in Texas, they already have that as part of their, as part of their mm -hmm. rules. That isn't a change. The changes are things like Sunday, stopping early voting on Sunday. So it's, mm -hmm. I guess it was 11 to starting at 11, but they changed it to one to three or something like that in this law. And the, you know, that, that, um, what is it called? Votes to the polls or where the, uh, where the church groups go, church groups, many, mm -hmm. and that's why the Democrats, the Texas Democrats, when they gradually left the courthouse so that there wouldn't be enough people to vote. They went to the Baptist church nearby, many of them to, you know, congregated there. Uh, opposition to show their opposition to this, this part of the law, but also having poll watchers, partisan poll watchers, having a lot more say. They can disrupt things. They can, you know, and, and we want that in our polling places. How does that make anything more secure? How does it fight fraud? It doesn't. And so many of these things um, that they're adding, they don't fight fraud. No, and they keep people from voting. Exactly. 
And who do they keep from voting? Many people of color mm -hmm. who they know are, are mostly Democrats. And that's the whole point. Mm -hmm. well, that's the whole I, point too. Republicans, they're not afraid of voter, you know, voter fraud. They're afraid of voter registration. Mm -hmm. That's the issue. So many people voted in 2020, it freaked them out. And even crawling over broken glass during a pandemic, people got out to vote. And so I think it's not the so-called voter protection. It's not about voter protection. It's about control, re maintaining Republican power. Because mm -hmm. they can't do it with their policies. They had to do it with voter suppression. They have to do that. That's the only way they're going to get minority rule. Right. The, the only way that we, to me, the way that we could fight this is, and hopefully Democrats will see what's going on. And as you said, Liz, crawling over glass, that they will get out and vote in large numbers in these elections, no matter what. But also polling places that are miles apart uh, in With Texas. long lines. Yeah. So how do we how do we confront this? And the way to confront it is by having a federal law, which is looks like it's not going to happen because the filibuster and Manchin not interested in getting rid of the filibuster no matter what. And so there aren't going to be the votes to, to pass federal legislation to protect our elections. Mm -hmm. They should be negotiating. They shouldn't say, you know, there's too much in the People's Act. We don't like they should be negotiating, but they just don't want anything. Mm -mm. No, they want to restrict is what they what they want to do further. Yeah, I found a list and maybe we can maybe post this on our on our Facebook of different examples of voter suppression. And I believe there were 75. I mean, some of them I didn't even quite realize. But I read several articles before um, this podcast just to familiarize myself with what, what's going on from here, what's going on in different states. And one thing that I noticed that is new with the age of the internet, that a lot of these groups that are fighting on, on our side, you know, against, against this, is that they really are focusing now on the misinformation on social media, calling that voter fraud, you know, giving, giving false information on elections, false information on candidates. So there's a couple things going on across the country right now. Um, I believe there's a lawsuit. I got to look it up while we're on here in, in one of the states that's, that's focusing on a couple of people that were known to put this this misinformation out and it, and it reached millions of people. So they're, they're looking at ways to hold people accountable online that can really, you know, sway how people vote because what they're doing is giving, you know, wrong information. Um, so they're looking at that, you know, is that freedom of speech or is that messing with an election? I guess those are the two arguments. Um, but that's another form that they're calling election fraud is what is put on the internet, what's the information. We know how toxic that can be just with the Russians getting involved and putting out misinformation. And, and, and it did have a big effect on Trump's election in 2016. We know that for sure. Um, but that's another interesting perspective that I don't think is going to go away anytime soon. I know one thing I was remembering, my favorite, um, sorry, White House employee on Twitter says, it will probably be harder to vote mm -hmm. in 2022, but we have to do it That's to make, right. it easier in the, make it easier in the long run. Right. We, we crawled over broken glass for 2020. We can do it in 2022 also. Right. That's what we I was should, saying. Sort of exactly. Be prepared, be prepared for voting to be harder and we can help do rides to polls, you know, get people, get, get them ID. And I know it's hard for people who work, who don't have transportation and don't need an ID to get to the DMV, to get an ID card. 
that's hard for people, some people, you know, and it's going to be a hard thing to do. And we'll have to organize that too, if we have to, but I think we can, we'll have to meet these challenges because yeah, yeah. screw them. This yeah. is America. You know, we, we're not going to put up with this. No, we're not. Yeah. Well, they're trying to, in many states, they're trying to make it illegal to send applications for mail-in ballots, mm-hmm. you know, if they weren't solicited. Right. Now, what's the point of that? Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's insane. It's just fear-mongering. It's scare people. It's not in my, my way of thinking. You know, we live in the United States, the greatest country in the world. It really, you would want, I would think, I don't, as I'm many so people voting as possible. I mean, that is our American way. Right. You know, so what the hell is the big deal if it's more than one day long? What the heck is the big deal if people want to give it by mail? What is the big deal? <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I'd like to say we're, we're kind of well-versed in the election process and our political system. I just have a hard time. And, it, and, and to see that so many people don't see that, that it's just a way of manipulation by the Republican Party and not to keep us you know, safe and to keep elections fair, it's keeping people from voting. It just doesn't, you're right. It doesn't make any sense. This is probably one of the most frustrating topics we deal with, Barb. Yeah. Well, here's an argument. If there was actual voter fraud perpetrated by Democrats, would Mitch McConnell have won his, his, his re-election? I mean, if we, <laughs> exactly. If we could really do that, would he have won? I don't think so. Right. <laughs> would our congressmen have won? Right. For real. For real. Do they really think we have organized committees that come together to identify dead people that we go and vote for? <laughs> like, that's really, that's what they think that we do. <laughs> Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy talk. Or pretend to be people that we know aren't going to go vote. So we're going to pretend to be them and, you know, we'll take their votes. Like, are you, come on. Like, that's the most, insane. like, really think about this, guys. Those that oppose it. I mean, really think about this. But people will believe anything, you know, that they hear, unfortunately. Also, another point, I saw someone, they were complaining about um, the price of gas went up apparently after Biden was, was elected. And they think Biden can control the price of gas. And I said, people, use your brain. Did you realize what happened in Texas? You know, what if was the president? If the president could control the price of gas, he would keep it low and take credit for it, right? Use your brains. Use he, your brains. If the president could do that, he would do that and take credit. We'd hear about him crowing about it all the time. Exactly. Especially if Trump could keep the price of gas lower, we would have heard about it every freaking day. Exactly. So just like people use your brains. Just think about it. God gave you a brain. Let's 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 use it once in a while. And pay attention to what's going on in the news. You know, just watch what's going on. There was a security breach on the pipeline. That's a you we did not have gas flowing to this, you know, through the pipeline for what was a well, week, week and a half. Everything is seems to be prices seem to be going post pandemic. Mm-hmm. Every prices of everything seem to be going up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, people are getting back to the real world before mm-hmm. and the supplies of certain things aren't there. You know, they're not prepared for everybody to return to society. So it's going to take a little bit to get, I mean, that's supply. That's the laws of supply and demand. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the consequences of leaving our economic mess from this, this COVID, the, the COVID epidemic, you know, it's, it's not anything that Biden did. Biden is actually doing a phenomenal job. Well, we think so. We think so. We think so. I mean, I understand that there's, you know, the uh, loyalty to Trump, but I mean, I don't understand it, but I understand it. You know, Biden's president now, and and it's so nice that I've read like three novels in (laughs) May. Yeah. 
And I, I think I read three novels last year. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a pleasure. I mean, I don't want to fall so far out of the, that, you know, the Republicans roll over us. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a fear of that. Mm-hmm. Everybody has been so attuned to getting Biden elected. We can't sit back because right. that minority rule is a bad thing in the Senate. Mm-hmm. What's the number I read? Um, the Senate's basically a 50-50 split. The Democrats represent like 40 million more people than the Republicans. Mm-hmm. And yet, mm-hmm. you know, it's again, like you said, Barb, minority rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A very small handful of people control all of this. It's just, it's just well, wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Is Pennsylvania minority rule? Maybe Pennsylvania is half and half. I don't know. But I think there are more Democrats. Yeah, I think there are do- more Democrats. I think you're right. Like I'm hopeful with the redistricting that the areas around Philadelphia and stuff will get more Democratic representation in our House and Senate. And we didn't even mention that. We didn't mention gerrymandering, how that is a major form of, of right. preventing people from, from being fairly represented in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And we got a lot of work ahead of us. We really do. Yeah. Um, in that voting rights act making election day a federal holiday that's a great idea that seems like something they could just pass yeah mm-hmm. yeah that, you know just just pass that mm-hmm. bring back changes to the electoral code have to be uh, approved mm-hmm. or you can make and not just for certain states every state mm-hmm. right. let's approve them all Mm-hmm. Exactly. Let me tell you another area that's messed up too, Barb, is I worked with the criminal justice system for years and years and years in, in both a treatment facility for people with substance use um, and in a jail system. And I can tell you, at least in, in rural Pennsylvania, where I worked, the vast majority, if not close to all of them, individuals, um, particularly that had um, criminal backgrounds, some is, you know, most of them just just misdemeanors or felony ones, possession charges, things like that. They don't think they can vote. They do not think that they can vote. And in the state of Pennsylvania, because I researched this, because I wanted to make sure people knew what their rights were, right. is the only people that cannot vote that have a record are those with felonies in prison. So if you're pending a trial, if you just have a misdemeanor and you're in prison, or if you're in a, in a county jail, you've already been sentenced and it's not a felony, but it's a misdemeanor, or like I said, you're awaiting a trial, you should be given the option to be able to vote. I don't know how much outreach of any kind is, is done. I don't know if even sample ballots are even given to county jails and prisons. How do you do that? Um, nobody ever looks into that, but, but that's another form right there. It, I would tell you, nearly 100% of the individuals that were out of jail and, and even in jail didn't think that they could vote because they had a criminal record. So there's a lot of misinformation even with that. And and I don't know the statistics in, in Pennsylvania as to who has a criminal background, but I and I don't want to stereotype and say most of them are Democrats or non-voters, but that's another area too. Oh, I bet a lot of them voted, would vote for Trump if they could. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. But well, at least they should know that they're allowed to. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. We're not we're not going to delve into who votes mm-hmm. or who, but they they voting needs to be easier. Registration needs to be mm-hmm. automatic. Mm-hmm. You should be exactly. able to register automatically. And um, right, public transportation is hard in rural areas. Public transportation is hard in all areas. Mm-hmm. You know, if if there is no public transportation, mail in ballots are a perfect fit, fit for that. 
Mm-hmm. And, and especially in our areas, it's very difficult to get to some of these places. Um, but that's another yeah. thing to look at. But, yeah. And we have just, humanist uh, voting yeah. places. Yeah. But it's still hard for people to get around. So, yeah. It is. And, and, you know, especially if you're working on election day. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Exactly. And, and another point, you know, with the mail-in ballot, for example, in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. the co- poll workers were not allowed to start counting those ballots until what? The day of the election, mm-hmm. right, Judy? And there were so yeah. many more ballots. So many, time. exactly. And I saw one um, columnist, I think it was in the Washington Post, said that delay, mm-hmm. that that lag time in counting the mail-in ballots gave time for a false narrative to proliferate. Yes. Because it was such a long delay. They said, oh, what are they doing? What's going on? Whereas if they could have started counting it like a week before, you know, right. for example, that would have made a big difference too. Right. And we all knew that. We, we knew you know, I, I knew it was going to take days beforehand, you know, right. thinking, how the hell are they going to do this? Those that are in the know know that. Those that right. are in the know knew that the majority of mail-in ballots were going to be Democrats because we were on the ground floor. Mm-hmm. But you're right. You know, that narrative of, oh, why are all the ones coming in Democrat? Well, we knew that. We knew that. And if you were informed, you know that. But you're right. It, it did. It did. One thing we don't think about, too, that was up on this list that I was going through is, is even having a, a, a law enforcement officer or a police officer present is a big deterrent for people to want to vote. Absolutely. And in urban areas, that's very, you know, common. You know, the, the, the answer you usually get is, but yeah, the, the patrolling outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For what, for so what? that's a big deterrent for people having any type of law enforcement around. They, they, they don't want people with records. They don't, listen, we are all Americans. We should, especially people in recovery, people, you know, it, it, you know, what they've done in the past should not be an indicator as to whether or not you should vote or not. It's not our business. Just like need to put, the mail-in ballots should be pushed across the country because absolutely people, you know, it's so convenient. People that Judy's talking about, these kinds of people that mm-hmm. may be embarrassed to, or feel they might be rejected you know, would vote by mail and those people that have trouble with uh, transportation are able to vote by mail. And uh, what's the, um, I think Oregon has a much larger, much, much, much larger, larger number of people that vote than any other state. Oregon votes entirely by mail all the time. Right. And I think their participation by voters is much higher than in most states. And I wonder what they're, and I'm sure their, their fraud is, you know, about zero, zero percent. Right. And they send them the ballots. They send them, the, they send out the ballots. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, you don't have to ask for it or anything. And they send, they send them with, uh, they just started sending with the stamps for, for the last election. I think there's stamped envelopes, which is, and we should have that too, but I, you know. I mean, we're lucky if we'll be able to keep the no. I was surprised there wasn't a stamp, but I put on two just to make sure because it was a little bit bigger and there was a little bit extra paper. I'm, like, I'm going to put two stamps on my mail-in ballot just yeah. to make sure. To make sure. <laughs> a lot of people did that. What do you guys think about having um, voting places on college campuses? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? That's, a, that's another one that's that's they're attempting to restrict is to right. keep them you know, from voting. In Pennsylvania or you mean in general? I think just, just in general across the board. Um, I'm not sure in particular where I don't believe in Pennsylvania, we have them right on the campuses. I think they're right. They're in the towns. I believe in, in, in PA. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that um, drives people crazy because those college students are often officially residents of their hometowns. Mm -hmm. Right. And do they vote on their college town or they, do they vote at home but absentee? That just drives people crazy, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. and then, but leaving it up to that person would be the ideal situation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's a lot of college kids that are very actively involved in their community. Many of them are actually volunteering for a lot of the campaigns. They're, they're a bulk of the volunteers. And yeah, there are, there are quite a few that vote at home, but even given that opportunity. And that's another group Republicans want to, you know, disenfranchise. Younger people, mm -hmm. I believe, tend to be more, more liberal, you know, more, more active in trying to vote. Yep. much more um, socially liberal about different they don't care about you know exactly gender and race and they just seem a lot more they, they don't care about the stuff like previous generations have mm -hmm. which is very cool exactly exactly yeah. there's some pluses to that yeah them yeah. out to vote yeah definitely and not giving water in the lines i mean that's yeah. just absolutely ridiculous right. yeah susquehanna county there's been some republicans outside of the booths giving hot dogs to people walking in <laughs> You know, that's <laughs> setting up their tents and they give them snacks and that's been allowed for years. They're 10 feet away. You know, can they now? I don't know, but that's been going on for years. Oh, they're free food. Hell yeah. Exactly. If they do it, it's okay. It's if Democrats right. do it, it's not. Right. Hey, hey, I'll tell you what. Standing in line or black, forget it. Don't give it. You can't give them water. If they're so, standing in line and they're white, you can give them whatever you want hot dog or, or whatever or whatever another thing that i've been reading about which is driving me crazy is this campaign by the republicans against putting the fact that there is systemic racism in this country in textbooks oh, oh i yeah. saw that too yes. yeah oh my goodness that one gal who, who started the 1619 project she's already already in a 10-year battle she was offered 10 years part of her contract it was in north carolina and that's somehow fallen off the table and she's already suing them. Oh my gosh. Seriously. Seriously. I mean, what is your, I don't understand. I don't get racism. I really don't get it. Why would they, why, what's wrong with the 1619 project? It's, you know, it's the, the woke culture, you know, it's, oh, they call it critical race theory that they're opposed, they're, they're opposed to that, all that, all that stuff that might lead to reparations, I suppose. I don't know what the problem is. I think that's the big, the biggest fear. Yeah. Anybody listening to MP, NPR today? Uh -uh. No. They were talking about there's a there's a couple schools down south that are high schools that are called um Robert E Lee still, yeah. and they um the, the, they're going to vote um in the in the boards about whether to change the name and that's you know so one of the schools they had interviewed a woman that still belongs to that community and i believe graduated in the late 80s and she was explaining how um there's this big debate obviously in the community how some feel that they should change it and some shouldn't because it's their it's their heritage it's their pride it's where they went to school why should we change it blah 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 blah, blah. she said but let me tell you but back in the 80s which really was not that long ago her history teacher would come in with a confederate flag suit and she went through and explained what he would teach in his class about the civil war and how he referred to that and was completely one-sided how the north was wrong and you know confederate pride this was not that long ago so yeah this is pertinent because what are our children learning in other parts of the country you know it was pretty alarming, but I was surprised to hear that there was such still a, a, a backlash on 
changing it and, and why they justified keeping it the same, you know, Robert, Robert E. Lee High School. I, I mean, I, I don't get that either. I, a, a man who, who, you know, he was a, he was a traitor. Yeah, he, he was, was a traitor. traitor. And also John would just, just tell me he saw an article in the Atlantic where not only was he a traitor, but he was uh, mean. He was uh, cruel mm-hmm. to his, his slaves. He owned slaves and he wasn't very nice. to. I mean, it's not like, I don't know if anybody was nice to their slaves, but I think some people were nicer than others. He wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't hold back mm-hmm. in punishing them in, in cruel, in cruel right. ways. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in the Ken Burns documentary, they made General Lee look like this tragic fallen figure, but no, he's a traitor. He had a choice. He's a traitor. And, you know, it'd be like, you know, America won the war in World War II. Let's, let's name a high school after Adolf Hitler. It's, you know, it's almost the same thing, right? Right. <laughs> my, my grandfather was named after him. His middle name was, was Lee. Yeah? It really? Oh, yeah. yeah. My middle name is Lee. Is it? Yeah, but L-E-I-G-H. Uh, I wasn't named after General um, Robert yeah. Uso. <laughs> I hope oh, not. It was L-E-E and he was. And his uh, grandfather fought yeah. on the side of the South. And my grandfather claimed that we were somehow related to Jefferson Davis. And I would love to go to the Daughters of the, Revolu- the, Daughters of the Confederacy like, hi, I'm a liberal. I'm a liberal vegetarian vegan Democrat, but where do I sit? <laughs> you can't turn me away. Run for me. <laughs> you can't turn me away. <laughs> so sign me up. <laughs> so I had ancestors that fought for the North during the Civil War, you know, and I'd like to think my family's been for the most part, you know, but you know, your family not that long ago, you know, fought for the South. So growing up, you know, did you ever hear anything from grandparents? What what were the thoughts on that? There, were, there was some rumor that my great uncle had been part of the Klan, but I never, t- by the time I was a little kid, he was just this big fat, you know, pipe smoking old, old guy who came over sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I have no idea if that's true or not. Mm-hmm. I, I never heard much from either side the, who they fought for, if they did. Because my generation, like my grandfather was too old for World War II, my dad was too old for Vietnam. I have like no generations of my immediate family that were the right age to be, you know, conscripted, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, my grandfather confronted my husband who's from Connecticut. What did he say to you, Emery? You raped the South and and he called him a Yankee. Oh my goodness. (laughs) What did John say to that? (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. He, uh, he was quite the character. Yeah. And I say that in not a positive way. No, it doesn't sound I'm, good. I'm horrified by the number of Confederate flags I see in Susquehanna County. Yeah, I think the Mason-Dixon line should have been like a, one more state to the north sometimes. <laughs> That's like, Hello? What does that mean to them? I would like to know what that means to them. What are the, why do they? That's a good point. Maybe they're from the south. They're originally, they moved here from the south. No, no, I wish it was. I wish it was just that. I think you think it's more than that. No, I think that they want people from the cities to stay away. And it's a marking or an emblem or a, a symbol of this is white country. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what I think it is. Yeah. Unfortunately, right. they know exactly what what they're putting out on their porches and in their windows. Mm-hmm. Um, are they Ku Klux Klan racist? Well, I would. I would, I would think, I hope not, but there's, there's degrees and 
Um, that's that's what I think it's about. I do. And we had a little spate of um, Confederate flag waving teenagers back in Montana. Mm-hmm. And one of the girls, um, her mother was Hispanic. And I'm like, Pumpkin, I don't think you understand that you would not be welcome under this flag. And I just didn't quite get the point across to her. I'm like, I'm like sweetie pie, you don't quite get what you're doing here. To them, it was a tension getter. You yeah. know, it said, hey, we're the rednecks. We're here. We're proud. You know, yeah. we're going to wear this big flag to, to prove you, show you all. Do I include any of this in the podcast? <laughs> right. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. We're if you want to. Got off the topic a little bit. All know. right. Yeah. But what's interesting is, is Susquehanna County, real quick, guys, was a very progressive area up until probably like the teens and the 20s. We have the, the oldest black farm in our county still owned by the same family. And I had the opportunity to speak to the family and they can't find any record that there was any mistreatment um, towards this family. The entire time that they lived here for generations. That's cool. They were very successful. There were other Black families. I've been doing some research. Several Susquehanna County members owned slaves up until the 1820s, and then they all freed They freed them. So we were very progressive. There was an African-American school that was in the process of being built about five miles from my house right now. It was never completed because they couldn't fund it, and that was in 1830. So there's a lot of good things going on pre-Civil War here. And then unfortunately, about 100 years after that, the Ku Klux Klan, which is based out of, I guess, Southern New York, not far from here, I think in Broome County, there was a chapter there. They infiltrated our area and a lot of areas around here, unfortunately. So, I heard the Underground Railroad was prominent. Big here. time, big time. They have a couple stops here. So there's a lot about our history and I don't know where we went off track. I, I don't know if it was the Klan. I don't know if it was... The hysteria of the 20s, you know, because there was a there was a big, huge campaign against black Americans using marijuana. I remember that and how and demonizing them for that and the resurgence of the resurgence of, of radical racism during that period of time. And so, it, you know, we weren't always like this. Unfortunately, things have changed. So it is possible for our area to be mm-hmm. progressive, even though it was a long time ago. True. But I think we've wondered into racism based on the voter suppression. Yeah, that's a big part it's of it. Logical, it's a, to do it's with a it. logical con- expression. There is a, con- there is a connection there. Yeah, yeah exactly. and, and what, I guess it's better that no one has, has tried to get a law where people of color have to, I don't know, recite the constitution <laughs> or, <laughs> or, you know, pay to vote, mm-hmm. you know, at least not yet. Not yet. But I wouldn't be surprised. But there comes a point in some areas where voting becomes too difficult. And is it too difficult when it's only on one day and you have to take off of work and you have no vacation time and you have no transportation there? And yes, it needs to be as easy as possible. That's the key. Barb, what can what can we do? It doesn't look like this bill's going anywhere, but what what can our listeners do? What can we do? Well, we can make sure that everybody that we know votes. And if you can influence people by having them in Pennsylvania vote by mail, and we, I guess we can contact our representatives. Senator Toomey doesn't do anything because he's retiring, so he doesn't care evidently about anything, but you can still contact him. Mm-hmm. Worthless. Mm-hmm. 
Congressman Keller, of course, voted against it. And he's, he uh, characterized it in very unrealistic ways. I mean, he, I call it misinformation when you say that uh, public campaign finance reforms are using taxpayer dollars to, to, to get people elected to get Democrats elected or whatever he said, that's ridiculous. And he also said that it was taking away um, people's right to speak, free speech, the First Amendment. And what he's talking about is Citizens United, corporations right. taking away their rights. So, I mean, when you say what that is, you know, I could, I, I, as I said, I consider it misinformation, maybe call him on it. Why is he saying that? And what does he mean by that? But, you know, it's, it's frustrating because our representatives don't represent us. Right. And they're not interested in making it easier for people to vote. Senator Casey, of course, is and, and um, would be for it. But so we need, we need to make sure that in 2022, we get a Democratic senator to replace Toomey. We need to start working on that. There are candidates out there, you know, and we need to influence friends and neighbors as much as we can to get them to vote. What do you think? I think those are things we can all do. Mm -hmm. I think the key, the big key is going to be getting people registered to do mail-in. I think that's going to make a big difference. And, and there's a lot of confusion over mail-in right now and having to reapply. And so there's a lot that we can do to, to inform people. And also, you know, really get out there and teach, you know, our community members, you know, why it is important to, to vote in every election. And, and we have a big election coming up in Pennsylvania, even though, you know, it's local, we, we, we have our judges right now that is just as important as any other election. And, and everybody's more so, even more so you're right yeah. and why is that more so we were we were talking about that earlier and i like what you said but we didn't do that on the podcast can you talk about why it's so important barb real quick before we wrap up why the judges are so important yeah. why are the judges so important well the democratic judges in the supreme court got us the redistricting of our congressional seats so democrats were able to fairly compete in non-gerrymandered congressional districts. The Democrats also, because they're in the majority in the Supreme Court, they also nixed the voter ID law a few years ago that the legislature tried to push through. Mm -hmm. They allowed the election to be certified. And whereas the Republican-led Superior Court, I guess, tried to not certify the electors of Biden. And, you know, it's outrageous. Mm -hmm. So we have two, two courts that are controlled by Republicans and they just don't make decisions that are in the interests of um, the people. Of the people, yeah. And they don't. Voting is important. Allowing people to vote is important. Staying active is important. Doing what we're doing is important. Even then, even when we don't know what, what to do, you know, or even if it's just influencing people around us, if that's all we can do, that's got to make a difference. Just having had Memorial Day, um, it's important to honor the dead who died for our right to vote. I take mm -hmm. that I take that right very as a woman uh, yeah. also I take that right to vote very seriously I vote I think I missed a school board election once and I was horrified that I had forgotten an election right right people died for our right we need to honor that right mm -hmm. if anybody out there is in, is listening to this and you know how to get us on a platform we would really appreciate the help because we like to be on a platform Apple iTunes Spotify we don't care at this point I think we've covered this topic moving along. So it was great to see you guys. Until the next time, this is Reality Check Chat at realitychatchat.com. Awesome. All right. 
Good job, guys. All right. Bye. Bye.